You're listening to the Scotiabank Market Points Podcast. I'm your host, Greg White. Market Points is part of the Knowledge Capital series, a collection of audio, video, and written commentary from Scotiabank Global Banking and Markets leaders designed to provide you with timely insights and analysis. Latin America is a massive, culturally diverse region under significant stress as Brazil becomes the new epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic, frustrating near-term reopening plans. To compound regional challenges, the retail sector across LATAM lacks the e-commerce maturity of other markets, historically tied to consumers' reliance on cash. But rapid change is on its way. On this episode of Market Points, Rodrigo Achargaray, Managing Director and the Head of Latin American Equity Research at Scotiabank, discusses the regional reshaping of retail. Hi, Rodrigo. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks. Very happy to be here. Uh, so I guess first things first, uh, perhaps you can start with a, a lay of the land in the retail sector across Latin America. Um, I'm sure a lot of it is similar to what we're seeing here, but probably uh, uh, considerable differences as well. Sure, Greg. Well, as you as you know, Latham is a huge uh, marketplace uh, and in terms of size, uh, just to put it in context, Mexico City and Sao Paulo on a combined basis have a population of 40 million people, which is more than the entire population of Canada. So across the region, um, you know, there are different things happening in different places. There's more than 600 million people uh, altogether and more than, than 30 countries across the region. So, so Latam is quite diverse from that perspective. So on the macro side, I would start by saying that you know, things were not necessarily great going into this pandemic uh, for the most part. Uh, Argentina finished 2019 facing a full-on recession. Mexico was also, for practical purposes, in a, in a recession. And uh, Brazil and Chile were, were barely growing. Uh, perhaps Peru and Colombia uh, were most likely the bright spots in 2019 in terms of GDP growth. Uh, and I would say the retail sales, uh, for the most part, uh, follow these, these macro trends in general, uh, with, with Brazil perhaps doing better than, than Mexico from that perspective. Um, I would say Chile, towards the end of the year, faced uh, social unrest that, that had a negative impact on retail sales in general. So, you know, that's something that, that obviously is something uh, that, that we need to be aware of and keep an eye on. Uh, but for the most part, I would say that uh, retail sales in, in the region um, were, were ne- not necessarily in the, in the best uh, shape heading into this pandemic. What, um, what were the key difference makers then for a country like Peru that was uh, sort of he- ahead of the pack? Um, what do you feel fundamentally is behind that? I mean, there's always, uh, you know, macro is always um, dependent on on policy making. Uh, in some cases, some of these countries probably had a weaker 2018, and so that means that you know they they're coming from a low base, um, and and so that makes growth uh, a lot more easy easy to attain. Um, you know, in the case of Mexico, the the country is is facing significant uh, structural changes in terms of policy making uh and i would say that that you know that has had some impact on on growth uh but i wouldn't say there's um not not necessarily there's anything specific around uh you know peru than 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 is different than than the rest of the region if you're thinking about the retail sector uh, structurally 
and um, uh, comparing it to to North America, what are some of the key differences that uh, that investors need to think about when they're when they're looking at the sector in LATAM? I would say uh, one of the big differences. I would say there, there's two differences. One, um, e-commerce is at an earlier stage in the development um, relative to North America or Asia. Uh, and on the other hand, um, the importance of the mom and pop stores and, and you know what we call the informal sector in Latin America. Um, on on the latter, I would say uh, for the most part uh, throughout the last decade. The mom and pop stores have been fairly resilient uh, over the years. And needless to say, uh, the the health of the mom and pop sector is important for for a lot of multinationals and a, a lot of suppliers that obviously rather negotiate um, you know uh, terms with with uh, you know a fragmented um, space uh, as opposed to negotiating terms with, you know, Walmix or a, a couple of large um, global players. Um, so, you know, the, the suppliers uh, in LATAM have, for the most part, uh, in, you know, um, are, are happy that that, that is the case, um, you know, for cultural reasons, for convenience, of course, and also, um, uh, um, you know, the, 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 how important cash is on, on the economy in some of these countries. That that makes the mom and pop stores, um, you know, a, a relatively uh, good place um, to to um, you know to 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 shop uh, for for many uh, shoppers uh, throughout the region. I would say um, we are starting to hear that this time around may be different, however, and uh, the reason for that is um, you know e-commerce before. You, we didn't really have in Latham um, shoppers that were actively buying uh, online, uh, and, and and now I believe that you know some of that share is going to go to to e-commerce startups, to e-commerce players. Uh, that's on the one hand. On the, on the other hand, and as Patricia was mentioning on a, on a previous podcast. Uh, we do believe that some of things, some of the things that we've seen throughout COVID, are, are here to stay. Whether it's home office uh, and, and implications on that, uh, in terms of you know where people shop, uh, more more you know supermarket sales uh, relative to you know restaurant sales. Um, so all in all, I would say the mom and pop stores are are crucial for Latam, uh, certainly for multinationals. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether they they come uh, out of this um, uh, alive. Uh, but what we're hearing from our channel checks is that many mom mom pop stores throughout the region may may not survive. Um, you know, for example, in Mexico, there has been um, um, beer production has deemed has been uh, deemed non-essential. So, you know, some of these mom and pop stores that were open. Uh, are are not getting any beer, uh, and so that means that that uh, they're gonna have a tough time surviving with you know many weeks or, or months with, with with no sales, um, and so that that kind of backdrop is is what we're facing in the region in, in terms of the mom and pop stores. You were saying earlier about um, low banking penetration being a, a bit of a, a barrier with respect to e-commerce. Can you um, expand on that a little bit? 
Sure. I mean, we, we have seen that change in, in certain countries. I would, I would say Brazil is, is a country where we have certainly seen um, a, a, a faster, um, you know, penetration on, on you know, for example, um, um, you know, digital um, banks um, and their ability to grow. That definitely has been a, a positive um, story for 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 Brazil in a specific in the last few years. Um, there's a few names that uh, are are a few companies that are publicly traded. In fact, uh, but M- Mexico, on the other hand, I would say there's been it's it's been a much slower growth from, from that perspective. Uh, you know, part partially that's that's cultural, um, partially. That is explained by people just um, trying to avoid uh, being being taxed, you know. And, and the perception is that they, if they if they you know continue to just pay cash and, and use cash as as the main form of payment, that will um, prevent them from 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 being taxed. Um, but but I think that's changing, um, and I think that that is going to change uh, at a faster pace. Uh, given what's going on uh, with COVID and, and the fact that now uh, people also get to have also uh, seen the benefit of the convenience of buying online uh, uh, despite uh, the need of, of potentially using a, a credit card uh, to pay for that. Um, so I would say there, there's two examples, Brazil being uh, further ahead in that and, and perhaps Mexico being um, on, on the opposite. On the e-commerce front, um do you see some winners coming out of this situation in terms of companies that have responded strongly and are ramping up operations? Yes, I think um, we we believe this is a game changer for for e-commerce in in Latam. Uh, as I was saying the earlier for the for a long time, I think people dismissed uh, the the big opportunity that e-commerce uh, represented uh, throughout the region, I would say you know on the retail side, you know management teams were not necessarily convinced that you know, you know e-commerce would arrive uh, at such a fast pace in Latam as it did in Asia, for example, or the U.S. Um, there's also the issue of um, of low banking penetration, um, which obviously prevents uh, the, the the growth of uh, of e-commerce um, for cultural reasons. Um, you know, people in Latin America they they enjoy, I would say, um, spending more time at the at the malls. Um, you know, there's probably not as many places to spend time with the family. There's not a, a lot of you know, public parks, um, or maybe they're not as safe. So for for different reasons, I would say. Um, it was perceived that Latham, uh, it, it would take a lot longer for Latham uh, for, for e-commerce uh, to thrive. And I think that is rapidly changing. What we're hearing is that, you know, in, in, in some cases, uh, e-commerce sales are, are growing at a factor of five times, six times, 10 times. Um, and, and definitely, I think some of these customers that perhaps um, are first-time shoppers online are likely to remain uh, online shoppers once uh, we're we're through this, and so we definitely think that the retailers that are 
that that invested more on logistics, on technology, and on e-commerce throughout the years are are the winners uh, in in that sense. Um, the the other component of this uh, that is very interesting is is um, in the last I would say three three or five years we've seen a lot more innovation and a lot more startups coming up um, in 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 you know just um, in, um, in in Latam um, and and for the first time in in many years we've seen. Uh, a lot of uh, venture capital funds from from the U.S. Um, and I would say the best example is, is SoftBank, uh, which uh, committed two billion dollars um, to Latam uh, just recently. Uh, in the last couple of years, they they've invested more than a billion of, of that, and so um, that definitely uh, I think uh, came in at the right time. Now the question is, you know, will these startups have enough money to make it through the crisis? If perhaps there is not a lot of funding um, available to them, um, and in that sense, I think that creates uh, a, a world of opportunities potentially for for many publicly traded and, and large retailers that perhaps uh, may be looking at some of these uh, startups to to uh, for for acquisitions or for partnerships. Uh, and so we definitely expect uh, all in all. That e-commerce will will grow uh, a lot more rapidly, even once uh, COVID nineteen is is passed. Are there any of these uh, e-commerce startups that are uh, uh, seem particularly uh, exciting for you at the moment? Any names uh, that you can talk about? Yeah, I mean, I would say the the one that definitely comes to mind is is Rappi. They're a last mile delivery um, company. They uh, recently. Added, um, uh, you know, a digital wallet component to to the business, so they they now have a, a rapid pay, um, and so they're definitely trying to become the super app of Latam, trying to replicate what we've seen in in China, uh, that that worked um, extremely well uh, for for the the tech giants over there. Um, so so I would say Rappi is one that comes to mind. Um, the other, the other, um, the other one that comes to mind is Corner Shop. They uh, were actually Uber uh, recently acquired uh, a majority stake uh, on that. Uh, so I would say um, that definitely the 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 large startups uh, look a lot more like you know big companies, uh, and, and and that is fairly new um, in in Latam. We unfortunately don't have as many publicly traded you know, tech companies. Uh, I would say the the exception would be uh, on the retail side, uh, Mercado Libre, which would be you know the Latam, uh, the the Amazon of Latam, uh, and they're uh, as you would expect uh, are actually the the best performing stock in in retail uh, year to date uh, for for obvious reasons. So I I suspect that Rappi and and many others will will in Increase their their importance in the marketplace in the, in the next few years. I think that hopefully will lead to more more publicly traded vehicles um, where, where investors can participate in this uh, explosive growth, but also in acquisition opportunities for for some of the incumbents. You were mentioning uh, Amazon a little earlier. Um, are they starting to sniff around for acquisition opportunities? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we have argued in in previous reports that we expect Amazon to be um, 
acquisitive in, in LATAM at some point. Amazon is currently present um, with marketplace operations only in Brazil and Mexico. I would say they're probably doing much better in Mexico than in Brazil. Brazil is a complicated market. It's bigger. It's, it's, it's not as close to the U.S. Um, and, and the local retail retailers in Brazil, the incumbents have been a lot more aggressive ramping up uh, their their e-commerce capabilities relative to the Mexican retailers in general, um, and and um, and so you know there's still a lot of gaps in in Amazon's Latin portfolio um, in terms of countries, um, but I do think that even within within you know um, Mexico, for example, I I have talked about um, you know a couple of, of of options that I think would be uh, at least on the table for Amazon. Uh, I mean, certainly, certainly, as as they peak on their next battleground, uh, you know, it, it's difficult to imagine there is a, a much more interesting region of the world for for Amazon outside of India and China, and and obviously, you know, the U.S. where they already dominate than, than Latin America, just given the size of the pie, and just given that it's close. Um, and, and given that it's, um, you know, Latam is still up for grabs. So, um, so yes, I think Amazon will probably be more acquisitive. I expect them to be more acquisitive in, in Latam in the coming years. Um, and, um, and, and I think that's, um, you know, on, on a, on a post COVID, um, world, um, I think m m many of these startups that perhaps were too small before, uh, might be more interesting uh, for Amazon. So yes, I do expect that to to be the case, uh, Greg. Uh, speaking of expectations, in in late March, um, while equity markets were the hardest hit, uh, in the midst of that, you were upgrading larger players like like Walmex. Uh, do you still feel the same way under current conditions? And how much of the outperform was related to depressed equity prices at that time versus fundamentals in those companies? I think both. Um, I think both, uh, and little has changed in in in, in that sense um, from from our upgrades uh, earlier the, in the year. Uh, I still think supermarkets are better positioned, not only because for once department stores are closed, <laughs> um, uh, but also because once stores open, uh, unemployment is likely to negatively negatively impact discretionary spending. And, and you know retailers are going to be facing a, a full-on recession globally. Um, and as discussed previously, I also think home office is here to stay. So regardless of COVID, I think people will be spending more money at the supermarkets and cooking at home more relative to, for example, spending uh, money at, at, at restaurants. Um, and so I do think that um, my overweight, let's just say, on, on supermarkets relative to other more discretionary retailers Yes, it definitely has to do with the fact that department stores are, and restaurants are closed, uh, but also with with a post COVID um, nineteen world in in where we we think you know a full on recession will will mean that people will be um, you know more careful with with how they spend their money um, because they may not have a job, uh, but also because I think COVID will change in many ways um, the the how the that that you know how people spend their money 
That was Rodrigo Echargaray, Managing Director and Head of Latin American Equity Research at Scotiabank. You can find more thought-leading content from Scotiabank on our website at gbm.scotiabank.com, and you can also follow us on Twitter at ScotiabankGBM, as well as our LinkedIn showcase page under Scotiabank Global Banking and Markets. Please refer to our legal disclosures on our website. Thanks for listening.